Well, again, good morning. Today, we not only celebrate uh, the second Sunday of Advent, but we also celebrate baptisms after Mass. So to Mark and Abby and anybody who is here for the baptism, want to say a word of welcome to all of us. Today is also December the 8th, which for those of us who are in the liturgical rhythm, uh, you are reminded today that it is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception on December the 8th, which tomorrow we will celebrate as a holy day of obligation. And so uh, perhaps a word of why is the Immaculate Conception so important, and then to, to tie that into the words of John the Baptist from the Gospel. So Mary, her Immaculate Conception, that dogma in the church reminds us that Our Lady was conceived without original sin, and as she was conceived without original sin, we we articulate that in her immaculate conception. So the question is this, uh, about Mary, right? Mary is one of those beautiful figures in the church, heroes, saints in the church that inspires us, but for many of us, uh, talking about Mary or even explaining dogmas about Mary can be a little difficult. For many of us, it's hard for us to, to respond to questions about Mary, especially in, in, from our non-Catholic brothers and sisters. So let's go back today to the Old Testament, and we'll kind of wrap our minds around Mary's Immaculate Conception. You ready? So we're going to go to Exodus. In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, after God has led his people out of slavery into freedom, as they are in the desert, God asks Moses, who was actually Charleston Heston, right? For many of us, you remember that story, right? Ask you about Moses, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Say Charleston Heston, everybody says, ah, I saw the movie, right? So Moses goes up the mountain, he receives the Ten Commandments. Now this is important for two reasons. Number one, with the Ten Commandments, it's the first time that God has spoken to all people. God has spoken thus far to persons. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to Noah. God has spoken to Moses individually. But the first time God said, I want to speak to all people, the first time that ever happened was with the Ten Commandments. So these words are really important. Not only that, but those words were imprinted in the stone tablets. So not only were those words given to people, but they could touch those words, those words, they became real. They became physical. The word of God became physical. They could touch him. And those words and the stone tablets were really sacred. In fact, if you've ever tried to read the Bible cover to cover, you probably started off with great excitement as you read about Genesis. Then you moved into Exodus, and the first half of that was pretty exciting. Then all of a sudden, you came to a screeching halt in the middle of Exodus in the next book of Leviticus as there's a lot of detail about the the priestly vestments and, and all these things that seem maybe irrelevant to us today. But here's the thing. When God gives explicit, detailed instructions in the Bible... That's telling us that it's really important to God that he's going through all of this detail. And this is what happened. They they were asked by God to build a container for the stone tablets. And and God said, uh, I want to give you specific instructions of what I want it to look like. In fact, I want you to use precious metal. Why? Because God likes expensive things? No. 
Because that which contained the Ten Commandments needed to reflect how sacred it was. So the Ten Commandments, the words of God, were placed inside what we call the Ark of the Covenant, this container for the words of God. And and God said, I want it to look like this. And whenever you're in the presence, I want a sanctuary lamp to be right next to the Ark of the Covenant. And inside the Ark of the Covenant, we're going to place the Ten Commandments, the stone tablets, the word of God that we could touch. So this Ark of the Covenant, this container of God's word, went before the people as they were wandering through the desert. It was with them in battle. So sacred was the Ark of the Covenant that in the first book of Samuel, we hear the story of David, King David. He's united all of Israel, and he's claiming Jerusalem as his capital, and he's going into Jerusalem as the king, and what's he bringing with him? He's bringing the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant, Ten Commandments, this beautiful sacred container of the words of God, right? And it's pretty heavy, and so these guys are carrying it, and they're going up a mountain, and one of the guys, his name is Uzzah, he's just an ordinary guy and was a sinner. Check this out. This is in 1 Samuel. He's carrying the Ark of the Covenant on his shoulder, and they're going up the mountain, and it begins to topple over, so he instinctively puts his hand out to stop it from falling, and he is a sinner, and he touched the sacred, and he died on the spot. The container, the Ark of the Covenant, because it contained the words of God, the Ark, the container, was revered by God's people. And the container was specifically designed by God to house the words of God in the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament, we start with the Gospel of John here. In Gospel of John chapter 1, it says that the Word, not the words of God, but the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Let me ask you that. What became flesh? The Word became flesh. One more time. What became flesh? The Word. Now, the, not the words of God, but the Word has taken flesh. And God said, the container that holds that Word needs to be as sacred as what it contains. And just like in the Old Testament, God fashioned a special Ark of the Covenant this sacred thing to hold the word, God went through painstaking detail to fashion the container of the word of God. God went through painstaking detail to make sure that the womb, the Ark of the Covenant, this container of the word of God, was as sacred and as undefiled as that which would be placed in it. 
So people like St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, all the Desert Fathers, they refer to Mary as the new ark of the new covenant. Now, I want to use an image with you, so we're going to do this reverently together. So don't panic, don't freak out on me. With reverence. This is what happened in the Annunciation. With great reverence. God the Father took Jesus and he placed it inside of Mary. One more time. In the Annunciation, the Word became flesh as God, Jesus, was placed inside the womb of Mary. And this is sacred. And that means that the womb that he is placed in has to be sacred. The heart, the soul, the body, the womb that Jesus is placed in has to be sacred. The womb of Mary. When she was conceived, original sin was blocked so that there would be no stain of sin inside her, inside her womb, inside her body, inside her, her whole being. So God, when he made Mary at her conception, original sin was not part of her conception. God stopped it so that this new ark of the new covenant would be sacred, so that when God was placed in her womb, her womb, her whole body would be as sacred as God That's what we celebrate. In the Immaculate Conception. Amen? Hey, so you can explain that to people when you're talking to people at Christmas or at other times. But the question is, well, what does that have to do with us? Well, John the Baptist today, in his words from the gospel, are very clear. John the Baptist says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist says this. He says, repent. For the word became flesh. He says, repent. Jesus is God. John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of heaven. Behold, is at hand. This Christmas is not about December 25th. It's not about who's coming over or where you're going. Here's what's going to happen on December 25th. Again, with great reverence, please, just follow me with the image. This Christmas, again, with great reverence, Jesus does not want to be born in Mary. He wants to be born in us. This Christmas, God wants to come inside of our hearts. Right here. 
This is your heart. This is my heart. Now, my heart does not look as sacred and unstained and unsullied as that heart. But my heart, your heart, our hearts, right here. This is what's going to happen on December 25th, really. On Christmas Day, God wants to come inside our hearts. And the question is, what's there? I would never, ever do anything irreverent to this sacred gift. I would never take the Blessed Sacrament and simply put it in a plant. I wouldn't take the Blessed Sacrament and stick it in the side of the chair. I would never take the Blessed Sacrament and and simply put him on the side of the ambo. That is sacred. Not only is it sacred, but where it is, is sacred. Right here. Is this as ready as this? Because if there's sin in here, if there's resentment here, if there's unforgiveness here, if there's unconfessed stuff from the past here, y'all, John the Baptist says repent. Why? Because if inside here is darkness, and God wants to put himself in us, well then, please God, we would be ready. Are you ready? Because we have two weeks to get ready. Two weeks to look deep inside this Ark of the Covenant. We have two weeks to look deep inside, look back at 2019, look long before that. We have two weeks to look right here and to ask ourselves if he was placed inside right here. Is there anything in us that would defile him, push him away, push him out? Repent. Get ready. You ready? Are you ready to get ready? Are we ready? In the next two weeks for Jesus Christ to enter us just like he entered Mary. Amen.